Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tonight, we are diving into, uh, yeah, it's going to be trade bait season, and the Jets have quite a few names on the docket that are going to be on the way out, most likely if the season continues the way it is, um, unless for some reason the Jets think that they're buyers. I think we all know that that's not a particularly realistic interpretation. But, you know, thinking about who might be on the block, you know, are there other names that the Jets should consider? How about guys like Josh Morrissey, Connor Hellebuck? We've talked about it a little bit on previous episodes, but now it's time to give it more consideration. What might the Jets do now that so much has changed for this team and ultimately the shape of the season continues to evolve? We'll also give you some scores from the current women's hockey tournament at the Olympics right now, which are currently underway. A couple of games are actually live as I'm speaking. It is like midnight here, but it's I don't know, probably uh, in the afternoon, maybe, or in the morning, something like that. I don't exactly know what time zone Beijing is in. But if you want the lowdown, be sure to follow Locked On NHL, as we have a couple of our wonderful reporters out there right now covering all of the games. We'll talk about this and so much more on tonight's episode in just a moment. You're Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and happy Friday. It is uh, just about the weekend, and of course, the Olympics are now in full swing. Um, I haven't really watched any of it yet. It's been obviously broadcast at strange times of the day. The ceremonies and stuff are most likely going to be rebroadcast throughout the next couple of days, so I'll probably tune in at some point. But we do have a couple of early score lines from this tournament. It is the women's preliminary rounds, which always start before the men's games. And we have coming up first, the Czech Republic versus China. Uh, the Czechs ended up seeing China off three to one. Up next, we then had Canada versus Switzerland. And in this one, Canada defeated Switzerland 12 to one. Not exactly a uh, two-sided game, if you will. Uh, the third game was Japan versus Sweden. And Japan may have surprised a few folks by winning three to one. Japan's women's team in football, of course, is very well known, and certainly the men's team is as well, but I don't know if their hockey team was considered a particularly formidable group. I think the Swedish women's team is probably decently strong, not on the level of like Canada or the U.S., but certainly a stronger program over the past several years. So for Japan to win this one, maybe a little bit of an upset early on in this group. Uh, the fourth game that we had on the first day was Finland versus the U.S., and uh, of course the U.S. ended up winning 5-2. to two. I believe they are looking to avenge their most recent international competition loss to Canada, so I'm sure they will carve a path through this competition and make sure that they qualify through the group stage and onto the final rounds as they get to the knockout rounds. Uh, on, on Friday, it's actually Friday in China right now, um, we actually have a couple of games in progress, if you can believe it. Uh, again, because of the time zone difference, it is... Uh, Decently later than it is here right now, and we've got Denmark versus China. They're currently locked in a 1-1 draw. I would expect Denmark to probably come out on the winning side of this, but I don't know. Obviously, this tournament has all sorts of surprises in store, and uh, I'm sure we'll have more detailed summaries from some of our wonderful locked-on NHL colleagues who are currently in Beijing right now. Um, the other game that is currently in progress is the ROC versus Switzerland. ROC, I believe, is the Olympic Committee for Russia. Uh, of course, they're not really allowed to represent their own country, specifically because 
um, of the doping stuff that happened a couple of years ago. And they have this ROC designation. I forget exactly what it stands for. I think it's like Russian Olympic Committee or something like that. But of course, they're still going to compete anyways, even if it's not quite under the same typical label that you associate with the Russian squad. Uh, Russia is currently up four to two. You know, that's a pretty decent program, I'm sure. Switzerland has had a couple of rough um, early preliminary games against some very difficult opponents. They're in Group A. That's a very stacked group. You've got Canada and now Russia in the same uh, group. And this is just going to be a rough early few games for their schedule as they try and uh, get through this group. They have also got uh, Finland later in this tournament, which I'm sure they are probably not super eager to see. And then um, we've got a couple of games on Saturday as well. We've got Canada versus Finland, which should be a really fun game. Finland has typically given Canada at least a little bit of trouble over the past couple of years. The Finnish team is very talented, but I think Canada is on another level right now. They're playing with confidence and swagger, and they probably are the Olympic favorites as it stands. Then you've got Japan and Denmark, and maybe Japan will have another upset in store. I don't know if the Danish program for the women's hockey circuit is is as strong as some of the others, but certainly um, Europe tends to have some very good programs. Sweden is, is definitely one of them. And uh, speaking of Sweden, they'll be taking on the Czech Republic in the around the same time as Japan and Denmark is kicking off. And then one of the last games of the day will be the U.S. versus Russia, and that should be a very exciting matchup. Um, obviously, you've got some really powerhouse countries here. The U.S. and Canada are probably uh, among the two favorites to, at some point, compete for both silver and gold. So this is going to be a very interesting tournament and journey for the U.S. Uh, looking to avenge what was a disappointing international run of form recently after some tough losses to the Canadian women's squad. The men's games don't actually kick off until next week, so we have a while yet. The women's program will have quite a few group stage games um, very much in advance, and I believe the medal rounds will start at some point uh, towards the end of next week. It's going to be like Friday, I think, that you start to see uh, some of the quarterfinals and stuff as teams have qualified through the groups and the others have gotten knocked out. The first game on the men's docket is going to be Russia versus Switzerland, followed by the Czech Republic versus Denmark later in the evening. Um, Russia, of course, will be the favorites um, uh, against Switzerland. I don't think the Swiss team is going to be super, super strong. And one of the big challenges is, you know, for both the men's and women's programs, uh, finding and recruiting players has been a little bit challenging, much more so for, I think, the men's programs, because they haven't really been able to rely on any of the NHL players since the NHL has decided to hold out. Despite all of this, there actually are some Jets players and prospects who are going abroad. Um, one of the ones that I'm going to be keeping an eye on for Team USA, of course, is going to be Nate Smith. He is one of the more intriguing Jets prospects because he is kind of an overager relative to what you would expect for a guy who is still in college and, and might be joining the Jets pretty soon. But I, I have a feeling he might surprise people because he had, you know, a very interesting upbringing in terms of his pathway to the NHL. You know, he started off in like, I think, roller hockey before um, later on and in, in certainly at an age that most people have already decided what they're going to do. He opted to do a, a camp, I believe, with the Tampa Bay Lightning, where he ended up becoming an ice hockey player. And if there is one thing I tend to trust is that the uh, the U.S. scouts for the Jets are usually pretty good at identifying some real talent. So we'll see how Smith does. If he has a big tournament, that would be awesome. You know, obviously you're not going to read too, too much into it, but this is a good chance for him to play against adult men, um, you know, more like what he might face in the NHL. Speaking of the Jets, you know, there is 
uh, a looming decision to be made over the next couple of weeks, and that's ultimately what the Jets themselves should do. Should they sell? Should they be buyers? I think you know how I feel about it, but you know, Winnipeg has to make the decision, and I don't know what their call is going to be quite yet. In just a little bit, we'll go through the roster and see which players might be most likely to be part of any trade deals, especially if the Jets start moving out maybe some of the bigger name players. But before we go any further, I thought you should hear a little bit about Built Bar and why they're the best tasting protein bar on the market. They'll also be perfect for you if you're looking to beat those New Year's resolutions and make them permanent. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your New Year's plans. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. Built Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Built Bars are. Ready to make the change? Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie-laden, super-sugary foods that you can replace with Built Bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built Bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the Built way. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. As always, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is completely free and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just love and appreciate your support. Before you sign off after tonight's show, also be sure to make your second listen Locked on NHL. Locked on experts covering the biggest stories from around the NHL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and they will also be covering some really cool Olympic stuff, so be sure to tune in and make sure you do not miss their wonderful hockey coverage. Now, as I alluded to earlier in the episode, we're going to talk about the Jets roster and some guys who might be on the way out. I don't know if the Jets are actually going to really sell all that many players, but I think there are a couple of free agents that for sure are going to go. I'm not going to go too deeply into the free agents because we've already talked about them. It's not super shocking. Um, You know, these guys include, you know, Paul Stastny and Andrew Kopp. Those guys, I, I don't really see any reason for the Jets to keep them around and make them stay for a squad that is quite honestly just not good enough. Um, as as great as they are and as much as they have given to this team, unfortunately, the Jets have kind of not given them enough in return. And, you know, the squad right now, it's just not in a good state. So I would rather them be happy and, and find some success elsewhere because this team does not really seem like it is destined for anything more than missing the playoffs. I think that's the the reality, and I don't see it changing anytime soon. Now, some of the other guys that might be on the block, you know, you're looking at maybe somebody like Brendan Dillon. Dillon came here out of Washington, and I wouldn't say he was like super, super expensive, but the Jets also did slightly overpay for um, a, a guy who's been an okay second pairing defender, but not a lot more than that. And he doesn't have like a huge cap hit, but he is like 31. I think he's like two to three million per season. And honestly, you know, after seeing what Dylan Sandberg did, it's not like Dylan's impact if he's moved elsewhere um, can't be filled by what Sandberg would bring. Now, I'm not saying Sandberg has been brilliant because, 
you know, Sandberg has had his moments where I, I think the rookie side of him has kind of shown, but you have to let him grow and make those mistakes because it seems like the good version of him is actually going to be pretty darn solid. Uh, and, and I think he'll probably be a reliable second pairing defender, maybe a third pairing at the worst, but, you know, certainly somebody that I could see being a pretty regular contributor for this lineup. Um, now, Heinola is one of those guys that I don't really know what you do with, in part because, in my mind, he should be part of this top four long term, and I really think he has a lot of potential. But, you know, the Jets coaching staff for a couple of years just hasn't really made him a fixture. So if he's not going to be a guy that anchors your top four and you don't really have any intention of developing him, the Jets should probably look at getting some really high-end forward help in exchange. Um, I, I don't think for me that this is the preferable option, but if Heinola really is going to be the one that is sacrificed, I mean, I, I guess that you can take a look at it and kind of see if he can bring in some really good returns, maybe like a talented young forward or something as part of a package that, you know, you're sending Heinola some picks back or something. I don't know. I have no idea what the particulars of that deal would even look like because I don't know that Heinola's uh, perceived value is super high on the trade market right now. Obviously, D prospects are, are very popular and all, but Heinola, I, I feel, maybe has been a bit sandbagged, and I, I don't know if it's going to be at a, a point where you're actually going to get good value on on sending him off. It's a bit frustrating that this is kind of where we are with Vili. Um, I feel like the Jets have maybe missed the bus a bit on giving him some really good uh, sheltering and, and a pairing that can actually work for him rather than, you know, Vili basically being thrown to the wolves and having to figure things out himself. I, I know that they do this with some guys, but most of the other young rookies have been given much better pairings um, or, or at forward, you know, better line mates, right? Heinola got Bolu, and that didn't really work out. So now that he's with Pionk, maybe he'll he'll stick around and really make himself an anchor on this team. I, I think he could be a really cool two-way defender with some great transition ability. He's got that passing and vision, and I feel like when he's at his best, he's helping the Jets to cleanly exit the defensive zone and get up the ice to create offense. So, you know, one that I want to watch for the long term, but if the Jets do move him, I would not be shocked. I think Winnipeg would be making a mistake to do so. But, you know, this this team, there's just one of many mistakes that they've made. So uh, I didn't even know. It, it's kind of at the point where it's very frustrating because we've seen it happen with Sami Niku. Um, Niku, unfortunately, never really got the shot that I felt he deserved. And even when he finally did, it was kind of too late. I'd like for Heinola not to have this happen, but with this team, you just never can be sure. Now, aside from some of the future young players and a couple of the expiring free agents, there are some more players with term that I frankly think are going to have some serious consideration about what the Jets do with them. And one of the biggest ones is going to be Mark Shifley. We'll talk about what my feelings are on this in just a moment. But before that, I wanted to tell you a little bit about BetOnline.net and why they should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs during this holiday season. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. 
from player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vezina trophy? Log into betonline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with BetOnline.net right now. Start winning today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's Locked on Jets podcast. We are uh, closing out with some thoughts on Mark Shifley and what the Jets should do with him. Um, And Shifley, for me, I, I think it's time for Winnipeg to part ways. I think we've seen him kind of decline over the last few years, and it just doesn't seem like he's happy. You know, I, I, I think his game has fallen off. Uh, the body language hasn't been great. The production really isn't as strong as it used to be. And he's on a very good contract. So I think a lot of teams would be interested in bringing him in. I just don't think that he's been the number one center that the Jets really kind of thought he was going to be years ago. He had some moments and a couple of seasons where it was like, yeah, Mark Shifley's on top of the world. But the past three or four years, it's not been anything like that at all. This season has been one of his worst, and I think in the past couple of games, he's really struggled. Uh, And obviously, I'm not going to base an entire decision to trade somebody on like a three or four game slump. That's not really what you do. Even 10 to 15 games would be a bit aggressive, I would say. But in Shifley's case, I, I think his game has regressed to the point where he's not bringing enough value on the ice, and I just feel like he himself needs a change of scenery. I don't think the Jets... Uh, and the way that they're playing and what I would like for them to to do in the future, I don't think Mark really fits in that plan anymore. Um, And, you know, he doesn't have a long uh, time left in his career to be as productive as he is. So I think if he goes somewhere else, he'll have a much better time himself. And I think for the Jets, they would get a lot of future assets that they could start to build whatever the next core is like uh, with what they get back for Mark. One of the other guys that probably does need to be traded but likely won't is Nate Schmidt. I don't think that he's ended up being the kind of fit the Jets were hoping for. I like Nate. I think he's a very fun player, and I think he has a lot of potential for the right team. But with how the Jets are and what they're looking for, Nate's just not really fit in. And I think this season has been, well, kind of a disaster for him. I know that he struggled a lot this year, and some of it is is not really his fault, I would say. I think Winnipeg's general disorganization, um, the coaching changes, uh, the partners that he's had, a lot of things are kind of conspiring to put him in a situation where he can't really do what he does best. And I think that that takes away a lot of what makes him such a special player. But, you know, the Jets don't really have time for him to wait to figure it out unless he just like figures it out next year. He's kind of at the age where he has to be producing every season because, you know, he's being paid like six million ish per season. Um, so his cap hit is pretty big. And I really love Nate. I think he's great for the room. I think that he has a lot of very versatile tool sets and skills. But the gameplay that he has this season and what he's brought to the team, it's just lacking for me. And I, I feel like he's going to have to go somewhere else to where they can actually make the most of his skill sets. Um, but the problem is, is you can't really move a contract like that. You know, the Jets have uh, a huge cap hit on their hands. Uh, it's signed for many, many seasons because Vancouver does Vancouver. And so I don't really feel that Nate is going anywhere, but I would be looking for another team. I think that would make the most sense. Same for Adam Lowry. I know that they just signed that extension and there's no way in heck they're getting rid of him. But 
Lowry isn't the same player that they've brought in ages ago. He's on the wrong side of, uh, you know, his late twenties. He's getting to the point where he's not really bringing a lot on the ice and that shutdown game that he used to have hasn't really been as present. So Winnipeg is, is getting to the point where turning over a lot of traditional members of this core is becoming increasingly likely. I don't think it's going to happen. It's just more likely than it was a few years ago, but you know, with how the Jets are, I, I doubt that they're actually going to go through with it. Winnipeg's just going to get rid of a couple of, you know, expiring deals, maybe at most, maybe a prospect or two that doesn't fit in. And I, I think they'll call it at that. I just don't see them doing a lot that you would expect a team struggling as much as they are to go through with. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on this, though. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Be a GM and tell me what the Jets should do or what you think they might do. And uh, maybe I'll talk about it on one of our future episodes. But for tonight's episode, that is going to do it. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your number one source for all of your betting needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis from Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. Locked On Bets. Find them on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.